Hello, welcome to Politics is a Funny Business, a brand new Sheffield podcast. I'm Lucy Ashton, a local democracy reporter covering all things political in Sheffield. My co-host is David Walsh, a long-standing business editor at The Star, who is also an authority on transport. Together, we'll be bringing you a monthly roundup of business and politics news, some of our views, and a general natter about the state of the city. Now, David, me and you go back more years than I care to remember. Um, we both started out on the Barnsley Chronicle. We did. And then moved to the Star together. Yes. So maybe we're destined to just follow each other's career paths. So it seems quite nice. Well, yeah, there'd be worse things in life than that, Lucy. <laughs> So after I don't know how many years of working together, I don't count all the years up. It's quite nice that we're doing this podcast. And we do very often get together and have a chat, don't we? Bump into each other in the office canteen and put the world to rights. Yeah. 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 So um, transport. We are going to talk about lots of different things during this podcast, but we thought we'd start with transport. Uh, because it's been a really busy couple of weeks. We've obviously had HS2 and that fiasco. But actually today, we're going to start by looking a bit closer to home with buses. And buses have dominated the news this past couple of weeks for a number of reasons. Let's start with these bus lane plans on Ecclesall Road. Can, can you fill us in on what, what all that's about? Sheffield City Council is pro proposing 12-hour bus lanes from 7am to 7pm on weekdays on Ecclesall Road and Abbeydale Road uh, for five miles out of town, uh, in the case of Ecclesall Road, right into the suburbs, same with Abbeydale Road, and they're being forced by strict London-style red routes, which ban almost all vehicles from stopping, waiting or loading. And um, the traffic lights would be adjusted so they could detect buses approaching and turn green so they didn't have to stop unnecessarily or with the aim of Im improving traffic flow and just making buses a much much more attractive option uh, the aim being to get commuters and, and shoppers out of their cars onto the buses uh, to combat climate change and improve active travel it's perhaps no surprise that um, it appears to be the greens that are uh, Behind, mm. behind the original idea and it's certainly Douglas Johnson the leader of the Greens who's been quoted in the in the press release that was sent out explaining the proposals. So this this is quite extreme isn't it if you think that this affects businesses, delivery drivers, possibly disabled people with blue badges don't know if they can stop on red lines. I think, I think possibly briefly yeah yeah. Mm. yeah i mean uh, delivery certainly but the, the main impact will be on um, on customers so it's perhaps hard to overstate i've certainly not seen this level of objection so quickly yeah. before uh driven mainly by the all the small shops and businesses all the way along ecclesall road abbeydale road is probably the same but it's quite hard to keep track of it, you know, because people are setting up petitions. Yeah. Uh, they're quite well hidden on the council's website, yeah. but they're managing to spread the word. 
there's a Facebook page been set up. Uh, we've got um, people writing into the into the star, the so-called bulging post bag, um, and uh, hundreds and hundreds of words have been written about it already. So it'll be very interesting to see where it goes because um, the level of, of protest is is huge. And the timing of it really coming after a pandemic when small businesses have really struggled anyway. Yeah. Furlough, having to apply for grants, having lost trade. It, it feels as though they're hardly out of the woods with the pandemic really before this could hit. It just gets seems to get harder and harder to run a, a shop or a small business. Mm. All these challenges come along. I'm not oh, exactly yeah. sure of the timing of when this might all be introduced. Mm. Uh, I think there's an initial consultation period and then they go away and then they look at the plans again. And if, it, if it's like with the the proposed scheme on Tenter Street in the city centre, they'll have a second consultation after that and then finally introduce the measures such as they are. It does feel a little bit disjointed, though, because we've got the politicians making huge decisions like this. But then equally, we've got bus companies and at the moment, we've got a bus strike, haven't we, with Stagecoach? Yes. And it feels a bit of a perfect storm is brewing here, where if you really force people onto public transport, it doesn't really feel as though public transport's up to the job at the moment. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, the timing's really unfortunate. I mean, I don't suppose when they were drafting these plans, they had any idea that Stagecoach was going to go on strike for a, a week. And then extended by another week. I mean, that's yeah. really uh, unprecedented. You know, they're clearly unable to come to an agreement. There must be some very interesting conversations going on there. And again, um, not helpful if you're a trader and people can't get on the bus to come to your shop. No, I think I think a lot of these companies are really struggling, uh, like the hairdressers and, and people where the customers are, are used to pulling up on Ecclesall Road and certainly on one side of the road you can park for up to four hours, which is, I'm told, enough time to get a cut and a colour mm. and then head back out maybe into the Peak District. There's, you know, the, the examples they give me of people coming from Hathersage, right. Bayville, Crooks, all right. places that you'd really struggle to get to and from on a bus. That's interesting, isn't it? Because Ecclesall Road has always been one of the most popular roads in Sheffield and always always been a bit of a place to be seen, hasn't it? And I, and just thinking about it, I guess all you've got is um, Barclay Precinct. Yes. And I, I imagine most of the side streets are maybe residents parking or... Yes. And um, yeah, apparently students can get these residents parking um permits and very often they'll be in during the day the cars are on the street right there's just not a right. lot of um alternative parking yeah it's, it really is um, yeah. a change and very often as well on street parking even if you can park there you're limited to an hour or two um so is there any particular businesses that are, are most upset about this is it the hairdressers the clothes shops yeah, I'd say the, the hairdressers. Uh, I mean, I went to the hair band at number 625 on Thursday and I spoke to Melissa Wilde, who's the manager there, and, uh, and a couple of co-owners, uh, Jill Cade and Jackie Granger. And it, it, I mean, um, Melissa started a petition, which got to, I mean, in, in six days, it got to 900 signatures. 
this is not one on on change.org you can't google it it's buried on the council's website so yeah i was quite impressed by the numbers on yeah. that one yeah and uh so they they were giving me some of these details and and it was jill uh cade who was saying that she's worked there since the 80s and she reckons Eccles or Road is, is the best it's been for a long time. Right. Mm. An interesting mix and it's very vibrant. Fewer clothes shops, obviously. I think it had a reputation for clothes back in the day. But now there's a really good mix of things and she's just very concerned that um, um, these proposals make a, have a huge impact. Mm. And of course, they're not the only businesses concerned by road changes. I can barely bring myself to say Pinston Street because <laughs> me and you have yeah. honestly between us I think we could write a book about Pinston yeah. Street yeah yeah um Dave do you want to just fill us briefly in on the saga what what's been going off there so Pinston Street has been closed to traffic since June last year at the height of the pandemic when uh, the road was closed so that they could widen part of the, uh, the pavement on part of it so that people could socially distance. Since then, since uh, that necessity sort of eased a bit, it's remained closed and become in, sort of incorporated into the Connecting Sheffield Active Transport Scheme, which yeah. prom promotes walking and cycling over driving. The big, the big impact of that, though, is that, as everyone probably remember, Pinson Street was a very popular bus route. It was a very busy mm -hmm. bus route. And I think there were more than 30 buses, 30 I, services. I think about, yeah, about 36 buses yeah. that have been diverted. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the stops, uh, the new stops are maybe a quarter of a mile away, which doesn't sound like very much. But there's an awful lot of people who are really inconvenienced by yeah. that. Many of them elderly, the disabled as well. And um, they continue to protest. And yeah. they've, got, they've got certainly got the ear of um, Terry Fox, the leader of Sheffield mm -hmm. City Council. And he he would quite like to see Pinston Street reopened at some point, maybe, maybe um, used by electric buses, but opened in some form. Whereas, as I understand it, the Greens, who, who share power with Sheffield City Council now, would like to see it remain closed for the reasons that, you know, active travel and, and um, mm. boost the environment. And what's interesting is that I think it was originally an 18-month eight, order, uh, which expires this month. Yeah, yeah. And we were expecting a kind of crunch decision, mm -hmm. weren't we? We were. Does it reopen? Does it remain closed? Mm. Uh, but now you tell me, Lucy, you think that you've been told that it can be extended. As I understand it, because I think we both had the date in our diary, didn't we, when this traffic regulation order came to an end and yeah. we would finally get a decision. But, yeah, as I understand it, these traffic regulation orders can be extended. So who knows? Um, just going back that, to – sorry, Dave. I was just going to say, do you think that the longer it goes on, the more likely it is to remain as it is? It does make you wonder, doesn't it? Um, I think as well, just going back to the business element, we've obviously got in particular businesses on Surrey Street, um, yes. Birds Opticians and Taylor Taylor. Um, I mean, they're, they're saying footfall has dropped. I think I think it was something quite extreme, like 40% or something yeah. like that. Yeah. They were saying their, their footfall had dropped. Um 
So just you made an interesting point about Terry Fox, Labour council leader, um, who seems to be wanting to get Pinston Street back open. Yeah. But uh, the man in charge of transport is Green councillor Douglas Johnson. And this this is what you find with a coalition, isn't it? There's some serious issues and big decisions that will, will Labour and the Greens ever see eye to eye. And I think we both feel the Greens are really making an impact, aren't they? With Particularly with transport. There's, there's quite a few things. There are quite a few things, you're right, Lucy. And it, it's interesting because I made a, a little list here. I mean, you'd expect them to have an impact. Otherwise, what's the point of them being there? But the things that they're suggesting seem to have a big impact on the, on the wider world and, and business and things like that. So you've got this Pinson Street saga, uh, Eccleshall Road and Abbeydale Road. The clean air zone is now being yeah. pushed. Yeah. Is it kind of stalled for a long time? I know we had the pandemic, but it, there wasn't a lot of sort of an impetus for getting it over the line, was there? And now there is. I almost felt that the pandemic was seen as a bit of a relief that they could almost forget about it for, yeah. for a while. I mean, understandably, you yeah. know, the, the council were floored by the pandemic like the rest of us. But I, I do think that they thought we we can just park that, excuse the pun. Um, and then um, Christmas parking. No, I was going to say, what we don't know about the clean air zone at the moment is the actual impact on businesses. We know it's going to cost some firms a fair amount of money to convert their vehicles. I think the bus, it, bus companies are getting a subsidy uh, to convert, and uh, at least one city taxes is hoping to get an electric fleet, although that doesn't seem to... I mean, it's been around for a while, that idea, and I'm not seeing very many electric city taxis. Are you? No. And then no. there's all the impacts on, on wider businesses and things like that, but... Mm. Um, no doubt we'll find out more, but yeah, Christmas parking, that's another one. Well, is, that, is, that a, is that a green motive? Yes, yes. I mean, this, this, yes, it was, um, again, Douglas Johnson, who's an exec member, executive member for transport, who said um, it was uh, it was brought up, I think it was brought up by the Lib Dems at a recent council meeting where I think they probably got wind of it and just asked him outright. And, uh, and Douglas said, uh, no free Christmas parking. Mm. Um, so I have written about this for, oh, many years. And it was almost, almost a sign Christmas was on the way when I did the story. <laughs> and um, you would get free Christmas parking the four Sundays leading up to Christmas it was in council pay and display car parks and officers every single year used to say it was as a goodwill gesture to traders and um, the Greens have decided uh, they don't want to encourage cars into the city centre it would conflict with their other green policies such as the clean air zone but as the Lib Dems say, um, does this just push more people to Meadowhall? 
yeah the meadow hall question with its yeah. free parking and, mm. and that lovely environment but um yeah it'll be, it'll be very interesting because everybody says it's going to be damaged business but there was an interesting letter in the star not too long ago sticking up for continuing to charge in the car parks you're saying if it's free there then the first people to arrive in the morning are the shop workers themselves a good point the, and they leave their cars there all day blocking obviously stopping other people parking there and uh, then uh, the people that come after that are, assuming some of them are shoppers they're not on a deadline at all you know they haven't bought a ticket for an hour uh, an hour or yeah. two they've got the entire day so they kind of mooch around yeah don't spend at the rate that maybe they would do if they were actually paid for a ticket and had to get back to the car so i just thought it was a, an interesting alternative view and and it's one of these things who's done the maths nobody mm. can make a, a true scientific mm. comparison between yeah or parking and free parking because we've never done it before yeah i mean when i've when i've looked back over the stories i've done in the past the government's uh, the council's always said uh, we expect to sacrifice or lose parking income um, but it's it's a very variable figure it's it's been anything from a hundred thousand to four hundred thousand in the past mm -hmm. um so yeah like you say it is hard to quantify but i do mm -hmm. find um i do find as a journalist one of the beauties of the jobs is you get so many different opinions mm -hmm. and people do say mm -hmm. things to you that you've actually never thought of before yeah um mm -hmm. and i think that's i think that is quite nice about our job i mean we're obviously there to make sure all our stories are balanced yeah but you yeah. do get a very good overview yeah. um, and a, a wide breadth of opinion it's also gratifying when people read your story and write into the star with their yeah. own opinion on it you know you've actually motivated somebody to put pen to paper in response so, so they're engaged you know they're interested in the story they've got an opinion and they take the trouble to write to the star so that's brilliant yeah so we're going to wrap up shortly i just want to move on to um our regional mayor uh currently dan jarvis although there is going to be an election in may just on the role of the mayor, can you just explain whether they have any influence over buses and public transport? It does fall in their remit, but how influential can they be? Um, very influential, I'd say, because the passenger transport executive now comes under the mayoral combined authority. And I think it's something like 40% of the income of the bus companies is in some form in some form comes from the taxpayer so not a subsidy as such but um they get reimbursed for things like um pensioners who travel for free and then the bus companies right. i think they charge the mca and uh certain routes which which don't really pay their way and, and things like that um so they have they have quite a big quite a big impact yeah um mm -hmm. some people think that um, the buses should be front franchised, which is the mayor and the MC, the mayoral combined authority, taking control of the buses and being able to direct the bus companies to put on or reinstate certain routes or run services more regularly. 
Um, but that, but that's a huge project, and as I understand it, very expensive and would take a, a long time. And even then, the value of it is somewhat uncertain. And it was interesting to talk to the bus company bosses, who say that is a kind of a tinkering, you know, and, and publicly owned buses weren't particularly brilliant back in the day anyway, although in Sheffield you could argue that um, when there was 2p for a journey, they were really, really well used. But what they're saying is a bit of a distraction to talk about public control and what you really need to do is discriminate against the private car and just make it really easy for buses to run everywhere, which is what we're seeing on Ecclesall Road and Abigail. But it's obvious that either choice represents massive disruption or massive expense. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So our first podcast has been dominated by buses, but there will be lots of other subjects coming up. Um, We can't say what they will be because we're always led by the news. So we'll see what's on the news agenda next month. Uh, You can follow us both on Twitter. I am Lou the Blue. And Dave, you are? David Walsh underscore M. So please do give us a follow on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening to our first podcast. We hope it's going to be the first of many. Before we wrap up, I'd just like to say a big thank you to Chris Etchells, who is doing all the technical wizardry for us in the background and uh, helping to actually put this podcast out there. Thanks for your time, Dave. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.